Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The Hancock, 24 hours of Dubai on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. And let's say good morning to Nick Damon. We'll start with Nick Damon this morning uh, down in the pit lane in the sunshine, the sun up above the uh, up above the grandstand where we are. So you've got uh, you've got a bit of sun in your face, Nick. It's marvellous, isn't it? Sunny and it's uh, it's marvellous. It's the eighth time we come here, John. It's our eighth Dubai 24 hours. 14th running of the race, and we've done more than half of them. And I was pleased about that. We've ticked over that one, which is good. Um, it's fabulous. It's just great to be here in, in early January. I was lucky enough to be here over Christmas as well, and it was very nice lounging by the pool. But this is rather more exciting. Uh, we've got a couple of hours coming up. First of all, we have, of course, an hour of TCE practice. I think there's about 20, 21 cars. And then we've got a lot more in an hour's time with the GT cars as well before a combined session later. But it's very, very exciting. I am enjoying the sun. I'm enjoying the cars. And uh, I will hopefully we'll bring you some chats later on. Joe Bradley is the second voice in the pit lane this morning. Good morning, Joseph. Morning, everyone. And we're about to get underway here with the first of our official practice sessions, as Nick said. Beautiful morning. It's a little bit moist than uh, you would expect in the desert. It's a little bit more humid than uh, we expected. And I'm just going to get out the wit as uh, get out the wit as uh, cars have been ahead and given the go ahead to leave their pit garages. T cars about to tick. TCE cars about to tick. And uh, a welcome addition. Team Dynamics, a familiar name to uh, UK listeners and viewers, to the British Touring Car team. Normally in British touring cars, but here competing with the uh, the sons, I believe, of uh, the well-known Matt Neal. And I'm going to get out of the way here because I'm getting right in the way of cars who are about, about to run over my toes and wearing only uh, area to trainers. That's not really uh, adequate footwear for being run over. Thank you, Joe. Joe Bradley down there in the pit lane. Keep out of the way, please. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, off to my right, uh, that's, uh, that would be geographically, not necessarily politically, although, you know, never necessarily politically, although, yeah. good morning. Hello. Johnny Palmer, good morning. Hello, John. He's actually in the centre ground at the moment. I to am, the, yeah. To, to the far right is Paul Truswell. Good morning, Paul. Uh, geographically only, though. <laughs> uh, it, it's great, isn't it? Um, There's hope for you yet. <laughs> It's lovely to be here at Dubai, isn't it? And I, the, the thing is, it, it kind of warms the bones in uh, what has been sort of uh, grey old England. Mm. Um, and uh, of, of the things that happen, actually, I think this race could be one of the best races we've got in January. Uh, I know you're off to uh, off back to Daytona and then you're going off to Australia. And Strictly speaking, so in Bathurst in February, so I'll let uh, you away with that one, yes. That's true, but uh, do you actually... Anyway, um, but I, I, what, we've got a slightly reduced entry for this year's race, uh, reduced over the kind of 98 that we've had in previous years. Um, but I think that's actually going to help the race because the track gets very, very full. Yeah. Uh, and I think with 70 or so uh, cars potentially going to start this one, um, I think that that's actually going to provide enough space around the racetrack for the GT3 cars to really be able to race at will. That's going to hopefully then then reduce the number of Code 60 period we have. And I think this is going to be a great race throughout the 24 hours. I'm not saying that Daytona and Bathurst aren't the great races in themselves, but they do tend to all come down to that last 90 minutes or so uh, and I think this race could actually be uh, one where you kind of need to, it's a bit harder to watch perhaps because you kind of need to pay attention over the full 24 hours um, to see how the race ebbs and flows as different tar uh, cars uh, go through their driver cycles and how they're able to use their different makeup of driver teams because of the way that um, the Creventic organisers uh, uh, insist on a maximum of two pro drivers organisers uh, insist on a maximum of two pro drivers per car and the whole way that they do the drive uh, and it means that the car's full potential is often not being used because the drivers themselves are less experienced. So cars out on the circuit, Johnny Palmer, more than uh, 20 GT3 cars at the sharp end of the field, but there's quality right the way through the almost 80 car entry. Invariably though, the, I suppose the, sh the spotlight 
will be shown at will be shown at various stages, most on the GT3 field, mostly on the GT3 field, or the uh, the. Uh, the arm and the pro versions of the A6, as it's known here. Yeah, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, on the initial entry list, uh, 24 GT3 cars entered. Although I know Bruce Jones has been struggling to find one of the BMW M6s in the entry. 3Y Technology are here this weekend with two M4s in, in uh, the uh, slower classes. But we don't think the BMW M6 has arrived in Dubai. But yeah, somewhere around the region of 20 GT3 or A6 cars as they're deemed uh, in the Creventic style of racing and they're split into Pro and Am and remember that there's a further division in the Am category as well depending on whether you want to run as a neutral uh, or an advantage car and that's all deemed by uh, driver uh, makeup initially and then it's an open choice as long as your driver combination fits but we should probably talk about TCE seeing as this is a TCE session for an hour long the GT series cars will be out on track uh, after this with a 10 minute interval between the two sessions so uh, 9.45 local time through to 10.45 is the TCE series cars and 20 of those out on track out on track uh, or expected to be at least and then and after 10 minutes, we'll start another session at, at 5 to 11 through to 11.55. And that will be for GT, uh, GT Series cars. And there's something like 55 cars expected. Um, but obviously, the, as, as I mentioned yesterday during Midweek Motorsport, the entry list, even at this stage, is still moving and shaking beneath us. We will get something solid as far as that's concerned in the near future. Yeah. A, a, a movable feast Correct. in the early days. Early days. I mean, we were talking on midweek motorsport last night. By the way, last night. By the way, if you didn't hear midweek motorsport yesterday, but yesterday, which we uh, broadcast live, two different versions of midweek motorsport for the first time ever, I think. Uh, but we did uh, a live, a live version of the show from from here, and then added in some additional content for the eight o'clock playing, which was David Brabham uh, explaining all about how the Brabham name is going back to Le Mans uh, with Brabham Automotive and a GTE version of his racing car, which is uh, yet to be unveiled. The car would be based on the BT62 track day car that uh, we've already seen. In fact, was at Le Mans, wasn't it, last year? Uh, well, we were talking on, uh, on Midweek Motorsport yesterday about Adam Christodoulou, Johnny, who literally got a call, well, if not the 11th hour, then probably the 9th hour, and booked his flight on the way down to Heathrow on on Tuesday. And, uh, in fact, was on the same plane as Joe Bradley. And uh, we had to give, well, I gave him a lift from the airport because he literally didn't know what was happening. And drafted in to what looks a very strong Black Falcon squad. Oh, well, it's even stronger now because Adam's been added into car number two. They were due to be racing with four pilots initially, Abdulaziz and Saud Al-Faisal, together with Hubert Haupt and Yolma Berman. Those four are kind of regulars with Black Falcon, and Adam Christodoulou has obviously raced with that team before as well, certainly at the Nürburgring, 24 hours and hours, and probably further afield as well. Um, Adam has been second and I think third in this race previously, and they've been with Black Falcon before. Yeah, those he's never, but he's never won this 24-hour race. Correct. Um, so but, it, but he was down to race, I thought, with CP Motorsport. At least that was what the programme would lead you to believe. So maybe that was cancelled, and then he thought, oh, I'm going to drive at all now. CP, of course, being the new uh, team that runs the 85 AMG GT that last year that last year won the championship in the hands of the same in the hands of the same dry being principally being Joe Foster and the two Charles Espinlove and Charlie Putnam, the CP and CP racing, joined uh, this for this race by Shane Lewis, another good old American boy, uh, and Pro Sport getting the opportunity to do some Aston Martin racing and, and basically going to their customers, Paul, and saying, we're not sure we've got the additional capacity to do this. Um, you might have to make other arrangements. It sounded from Joe Foster yesterday talking to us on Midweek Motorsport. It was very amicable. Um, but a, a new era for the, for the champion team from last year. Yeah, I mean, I think um, 
what pro sport performance were doing and uh, I didn't hear Joe's interview I have to say but um, he, he, as far as I know what pro sport performance were providing technical expertise to that team uh, bearing in mind that last year was the first year that they'd run the Mercedes so they were getting to grips with that uh, having got to grips with that they're now kind of been left on their own but it, it was pretty much their team that were running the car in any case but with pro sport technical advice part of the technical advice was coming from Mercedes AMG which was where Chris Tadoulou came in because he is part of Mercedes AMG um, and therefore kind of came you know it was a bit like uh, the various elements that you could plug in to tune the car and one of them was that <laughs> nut behind the steering wheel that nut behind the steering wheel um, and plug and play accessory the <laughs> ultimate plug and play accessory um, and of course uh, he, he but the rest of that number 85 team is is very much the same as it was um certainly as you say in terms of the driver lineup with uh, Charlie Putnam uh, they've got the spare car those of you who are specialists of that team will know that they're, they're one of the teams that name their cars they have um now I've forgotten the name of the, the lead car <laughs> Sophie is one of the cars and then the other car uh, has a name as well which um, I'm sure one of the pit crew will go down and find out because it's it's on the underside of the uh, of the nose uh, air intake oh. um, so it, it, oh. um, so it, it, anyway, they've got the two cars here so uh, the name of the cars. anyway they've got the two cars here so uh, and they are taking a very professional view even though they're running as the AM class Charlie Putnam uh, with Charles Espenlaub uh, and Joe Foster doing the driving uh, a great bunch of friends and uh, a great atmosphere down in that team but Adam having not got that drive thought he was going to get a drive uh, in the ERC Mercedes uh, which Phil Keane was down to drive at one point um, and ended up not driving uh, the ERC Mercedes being the GT4 class car um, but then uh, I'm not quite sure quite how the deal came um, because I exchanged uh, messages with Adam on Monday of this week um, and he said, no, sadly not. I haven't got a drive. Uh, and I said, well, you should be in the Black Falcon team. Uh, and the next time I knew was um, Joe Bradley was telling me he is in the Black Falcon team. So well, how did that happen? Uh, so we'll have to get the full story from Adam later on. And I'm sure he will uh, be did forthcoming you just, with that. In a, did you just in an Obi-Wan Kenobi way sort of say, you should be in the Black Falcon team? Oh, well, Go about your business. I didn't say it in that kind of voice because I haven't got that kind of voice. But if I would have been able to, then I would have done, yes. Uh, but no, it's great news for Adam, and I, I wish him well in that car. And as Johnny was saying, the driver lineup of that car becomes extremely, becomes extremely strong with two pro drivers in, two drivers in uh, Yelma Berman and, Chris Adulu, and Adam Christodoulou, who will be limited to, to only doing uh, a maximum of 12 hours of racing. Um, so five and a half hours each, I would suggest, for Adam and Yelma. Um, uh, but then it means that Saud Al Faisal, who's the AM driver, has to complete at least two hours. Uh, and then the rest of the driving can be shared between Abdulaziz Al Faisal and Hubert Haupt, which I reckon makes that car. I mean, Black Falcon is always strong here at Dubai. But that makes that car an extremely hot favourite in my eyes. Let's head down to the pit lane and start. Uh before the, the, the time, early times, we had some, uh, had some practice, free, had some practice, free practice yesterday, testing, if you will. Uh, um, uh, had some practice, free practice yesterday, testing, if you full times coming in. The, these early sessions are always good, for, always good for speaking to a few people and picking up a bit of the news from the pit lane, which is exactly why Joe Bradley and Nick Damon are down there. Let's rejoin John Joseph down there on the beat in the pits. Um, all I've got for you is appears that everyone's just got a job list that they're working through. And I was going to mention the Baskutin uh, racing team who are very familiar uh, competitors in this series. They're here with a different, uh, well, a couple of different cars, but certainly this morning's first session, let's talk about them running this uh, Audi RS3. Now, they're very familiar with the, the Cupra TCR uh, series cars. Uh, however, this is the first time that they're going to be running an Audi or something outside of a, a Seat or a Cupra. Um, I know the Audi is a VAG Group car, but it's going to be interesting to speak to them about the difference and the vagaries of the uh, two TC. TCR class cars. At the moment, uh, we're betting bricks. We're betting bricks on the 129 Audi. And uh, what we're doing is a complete caliper and disc has been changed as one unit. And um, they are betting them in because it's, they're brand new uh, pads on there that have come off. So they, they are just preparing for qualifying. They'll be preparing this sort of kit for the race. And the other... Um, point of interest we've got two cars from Italy um, they're a lease cup cars and they're in the year three class 
They're 6-3-3 and 6-3-4. Uh, both cars with full Italian driver lineup. They're all suited and booted in Lotus uh, in Lotus overalls. Um, are these the two retro them. livery cars, Joe? Yeah, they are. They've they've got a, a, a British racing green with yellow stripe. Stripe. And the other one is uh, with yellow stripe. And the other one is nineteen uh, sixty-seven. Yes, that would be the Lotus sixty. Lotus car. Well, before that as well. Well, yes, um, true. And then they've Do got they have the, yellow wheels on that car. They've got gold wheels. Oh, even better. Yes, let's see if they keep the gold wheels on the car throughout the race as they start cycling through. Which their, one's uh, that one, the 633 or the 633? 633 Squadron. I remember that one. That's the green one. So 633, emulating Jim Clark and the uh, the the, uh, the Cosworth DFV um, debut in 1967. And then 634 is uh, kind of celebrating the... Uh, the First of year of, of, uh, commercial of sponsorship. sponsorship. Yes. And it's 68 got, car. It's got a, um, a gold leaf cigarette kind of homage Excellent. with the red, white and uh, gold banding Very on nice. the 634. I'll keep um, an eye up for that. They, these, are, these are beyond um, Lotus, uh, Elise, Lotus Elise Cup spec because they've got a huge um, homemade aluminium diffuser on the back. Um, pretty good engineering, I'd say. Um, I'm Love not it. sure what the airflow is going to be like underneath because they've got bolts Oh, oh here's protruding. the gold leaf on into the... Uh, into the pits right now well, as you're speaking the, six, the 633 is just coming they're, they're basically going through a jobs list and cycling through all of their drivers every all eight of their drivers are present in the pit garage with their helmets and suits on oh does this look great it, it needs great. more gold on it. it it does the gold needs to be a bit more prominent it's a bit of a dull gold at the moment isn't it but that's I'll, lovely i'll have a word yeah that just rolled that just rolls to a stop it's got a a white sort of uh, bottom end to What's the livery and then the we've diffuser. got a gold band um, and did you did you get a look at that aluminium diffuser? I'm looking straight at it now sheet through the binoculars. Bits of sheet aluminium riveted together to form quite a. Quite Doesn't a the back end of that diffuser. now look like a 550 Ferrari with those little round lights? If you squint, yes. I'm looking through binoculars, Joe. All right, well then it does. Yes, it also looks like the Ford GTE with the two sort of frog-like yes. eyes. Yes. Yes. Eyes. Yeah, no, no, I'll buy that one. There's a frog-like yes. eyes. Yeah, no, no, I'll buy that one. There's a. You see the nose in the middle? Yes. That's the exhaust. The exhaust coming right out the middle of the quite high up, so that the blown diffuser, kind of, blown diffuser, then no, no, the, 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 uh, <laughs> that's a great idea. The exhaust is actually above the diffuser. I know, I was only having a go. I know, thank you, Joe. Joe I'll, I'll mention that to them, they might have some modifications. Yeah, bring, bring it out right under the driver's bottom yeah. instead. Joe Bradley down there in the pit lane with all things Lotus. And that does look very good. That is the essential variety that you get in this race, Paul. I think, yeah, it's, not, it's, uh, it's nice that they've done that. And uh, as, as Joe was describing, I mean, we'll get pictures later on if you're not here at Dubai and can't see the cars yourself. But uh, uh, no, they, they do both evoke... Um, Memories. No, no, the release, not evokes. <laughs> uh, memories of uh, Lotus, uh, liveries of past years. Um, and uh, I suppose all we need now is a JPS coloured one, and uh, we've got the full set. <laughs> um, or, or one in Essex, dark blue. Essex, um, oh, that was a favourite of mine. Uh, I can always tell people's age, you see, by what, what, uh, what colour of Lotus they Surely remember. Surely out here we should have a camel. Uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. You had the, the camel lotuses as well. Um, I mean, I my, the first race All I went to. Before you were born, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember any of this. You can tell people. Other people say, "Well, what, what is a lotus anyway?" Because um, <laughs> when was, was Formula One? When was Lotus last in Formula One? Um, that's a good but, point. Um, so we're all showing our age here. Mm. But so those, as uh, as Joe was saying, and he kind of. I won't say he glossed over it, but to, just to stress the fact that they are in A3 class. Uh, the only other A3 class car is in 603, uh, which is the GR Motorsport BMW. But uh, as Johnny and I were spotting, um, the Creventic people have made the numbering far easier to apply to the classes uh, this year. Uh, whether that will be throughout the season, I'm sure it will be because it's uh, this year. Uh, whether that will be throughout the season or the year. So if your number begins with a six, then you're an A3 class car numbers throughout the year. So if your number begins with a six, then you're an A3-class car. Um, so that's so one of the cars that begin with TCRs one. all begin with 100. The yeah. GT4 cars will begin with 400. Yeah. Uh, the SP3 cars begin with 300, uh, and so on and so forth. So SPX 700, Cup 1, 800, 991, 900. 
Uh, and that's it. Is, uh, oh, and uh, the A6 Pros are anything up to 100. Yeah, I think there's one exception in there, which was... Car 50, 50 which is actually a GT4 car. So it should start with a 4, but doesn't. Right. That's the Hoffa Racing, powered by Bonk Motorsport, but BMW M4. Yes, but, but that's Swiss, so they're allowed to do oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and that's fine. Hoffa they have racing. an exemption. Um, by the way, the last time that uh, Lotus were in Formula 1, Paul, there were two Lotus teams in Formula 1 as recently as about five years ago. Named Lotus teams, if you remember. Oh, right, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Nick Tierman yes. has, yes, Nick, has Nick, just Nick, put Nick. that in my uh, right ear. Because Nick has good uh, memory of more recent Formula One than I have. Um, the, the other thing to, to say in this particular se uh, seance, I was going to say, in this particular session. Um, seance? Well, <laughs> that, that I, I, suddenly I went French for some reason. There? Um, so in this particular session, uh, we, we always had this little battle, John, in, uh, in TC, had this little battle, John, in, uh, in TC. Uh, e element of Creventic races between the bar and the best TCR car. Uh, and we've got that kind of happening again now uh, with the best of the session so far, a 2 minutes 12.773 for one of the CWS Genettas. I should say the CWS Genetta because they've only got one CWS Genetta here this weekend. So the CWS Genetta is fastest. Uh, and that was Angus Fender doing the time. Uh, in number 378. He's done a 2 minutes 12.773. Uh, and then second fastest is kind of 122, the KCMG, KCMG Honda. Uh, KCMG here with the KCMG here with two Nissans, but then also with a Honda in the TCR class, trying to uh, get both, both classes um, to themselves. Uh, Jim Carto has set the fastest time in the TCR class at 2 minutes 12.982. So just two tenths of a second separating the best SP3 and the best TCR. Uh, and those are the best overall uh, times thus far in the first 20 minutes of this session. Uh, and then third fastest is car number 188 at the moment. That's the AC Motorsport Audi RS3, uh, which has been driven by Gilles Magnus. And he's done a best time of 2 minutes 13.657. Uh, so still just six tenths of a second off the fastest time in TCE. Uh, and then third in TCR, fourth overall, is car number 125, the Baz Kooten Racing uh, Seat. The, the, or the Cupra, I should call it, the Cupra uh, DSG. Uh, and that's been driven by Ronnie Yost, uh, and he's done a time of 2 minutes 13.872. That's the top times. Fastest in A3 uh, is the 634 Lotus, the gold leaf uh, coloured one, uh, number 634. Stefano Daste, the driver of that one. And then the only other class we've got in the TC uh, entry of that one. And then the only other class we've got in the TC uh, entry is the Cup 1 class. And that's Mitt in the Duvo Racing BMW Cup 1. So those are times. Just over 20 minutes of the session remaining. 37 to go. And you're listening to RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels on a beautiful sunny day here in Dubai for the first official session for the Hankook 24 hour of Dubai for 2019, the 14th running of this race, and the eighth time you've been able to hear it uh, fully live here as part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. We'll be firing up the television cameras a bit later on today, a bit later on today, and then on every session, and of course, the whole race live from then on every session, and of course, the whole race live and without interruption at the player at RadioLamont.com and of course, www24h series. Dot com, where you'll also find links to the timing data that Paul has just been running you down. Um, it's, it's fair to say, and I just saw Johnny had that up on his computer screen, uh, one of the more comprehensive uh, timing systems that uh, is available on a series website with um, well, more information than I can take in, actually. I leave that to Paul and Johnny to look at, and I just point and go, ooh, look at the blue car. Because otherwise I get very confused. But this is one of the two places that I bring my binoculars to when I remember them. Uh, it was easy for this one because so long as I took them to Daytona last weekend, they were coming here with me. There you a, go. A, as right. well, yeah. Stays at stay uh, in stayed the, in the haversack. In, in the, yeah, in the baggage. Mm. Um, it's a brilliant view, as you say. I mean, you can see virtually every corner of this Dubai Autodrome circuit, and it's fascinating to watch it evolve through the course of the 24 hours as well as the sun swings around. Uh, to who are different directions. One two corners still remain just out of our just out of our view, but uh, turn one. You can't notably. really complain. No, 
turn I, one. I, yeah. I reckon we can see probably about 80%, 85% of this truck from where we are. But it's when I get to this sort of height and we are, how many stories up here? Uh, Four or five, maybe yeah. six. Yeah. Um, you realise this is actually a fair bit of gradient change here. Oh, yes. Uh, even though it's built in the desert, um, you know, there, there is the challenge of, of needing to muscle a car up and downhill as well as a number of corners around this circuit. So it represents a real challenge, and that's why people keep coming, that's why people keep coming back, and new people are introduced every year. Can you imagine Formula One round here? That's what it was built for. Introduced to it every year. Can you imagine Formula One round here? That's what it was built for. It yes. would have been absolutely phenomenal. Well, I was talking to Adam Christodoulou about it as we drove in yesterday, and he hadn't realised that this had been built uh, and promised a Formula One Grand Prix before Abu Dhabi popped up. Right, yeah, and uh, stole its thunder, unfortunately. But yeah. also, I think some of the first races were for the European Touring Car Championship, bizarrely, because we're not in Europe, but uh, that then evolved into the WTCC. But, sorry, uh, sorry, it was... It was Bahrain that uh, that put a block on. Nick Tierman, hang on, Nick Tierman, Nick Tierman, you uh, you remember this better than I do. Uh, uh, yeah, well, what it basically was is that Bahrain got there. The, 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 this track was built for Formula One, and I think up until recently had a Formula One T license. We could get one back uh, any type wanted to pay the money to the FIA. Uh, the situation is that Bahrain had an exclusive for the Middle East, one of Bernie's great deals. Uh, which precluded a second race in the area until Abu Dhabi came along with the vast amounts of money they had and they sort of bought a bit of the exclusive off. This is the reason, even prior to the political situation, why Qatar and the very exciting circuit over there at Losail can't get a Grand Prix despite being grade one because they are, uh, if any, Bahrain holds, the, Bahrain holds the veto for anything in the region. Ah, I see. Can, can I be contentious? And not, oh, yes. I'm not arguing with Nick at all. I'm, I'm just going to throw another uh, spanner in the works, as it were. Because whilst this circuit is, is great, and you're absolutely right, we get a great view from up here. The thing I dislike about this circuit is it doesn't go anywhere. Do you know what I mean? It's, Most it's, circuits don't. They just come back on themselves, Paul. That's why they're called circuits. But it doesn't go anywhere <laughs> in between, is what I mean. This is, and we've said this before, it's, it's a bit like the scale electric set that you lay yeah, yeah, out yeah. on, on it, the bedroom floor. Yeah. Uh, I like circuits where, and I think this was a quote from Martin Brundle from many, many years ago, years ago where he, he said he liked circuits where you get the circuits where you get the feeling that you actually go somewhere. He was so referring like to Le Mans. Well, like well, he was referring to Le Mans at the time, right. uh, where you go out to Tete Rouge, and then you go all the way down to Mulsanne. Yes. Uh, and then you go down to Arnage Village, and Spa-Francorchamps used to be like that as well, where you, you actually went to different places, and fine, you end up back where you are. It's a circuit, but you don't go anywhere here. You just go round and back. But isn't that the same of most Formula One circuits it, Well, now. exactly so, and that's kind of crucial to what... I'm, I'd say crucial, that's, that's the crux of the point that I'm making, is that it is, um, you know, a, a, a kind of... The way that things go these days is that you'd lay out a circuit in a place rather than you have a circuit going two different places. Well, I think, I th go on, Joe. I, I think the challenge of this place, it reminds me a lot of Corta. Um, when you first drive around this place, you think, yeah, that, oh, that's the line. No, that's not the line. No, no, you are, oh, no, that's, I'm offline there. Because the, unlike current Formula One, like sort of Tilka uh, drums, where the uh, corners are usually 90 degrees. This has sort of different cur uh, gradients, uh, elevation. Do you remember what the designer told us about this place? What did he say? He said it has mistake-inducing corners. Yes, because you have... Um, you have Which I love areas that. that are curving. A curving. You yep. have acceleration Cameras areas that, that are curving. In the love areas that. that are curving. You yep. have acceleration... For the pure reason making life harder for the driver in the car. Absolutely, and you have to think three corners ahead from where you are, you are now. Joel, you, you know, the other thing about this place is some of the circuit uh, options here, like the little hill circuit, um, which is a much shorter circuit. I've driven a single seat around there, and it's fantastic. And the whole ethos of this circuit was to be able to run, I think, a minimum of two, and possibly even three different configurations at the same time. But I've certainly been here when there's been two uh, that's, configurations. That's the configuration that misses out the back straight, and it just comes. that misses out the back straight, and it just comes loops back on itself, and, and you're pretty much back onto the pit straight. The, the thing I love about this place is, though, that you, it doesn't matter how often you, doesn't matter what, like you think, 
mm, I can improve. I can Correct. improve. I've made a mistake. I can improve. Correct. And it's, it's a bit like quarter. I did not know my way around quarter until somebody who knew their way around quarter took me around quarter. And this place is very, very similar. It's not a textbook track as what, what I would. That's the best way I can describe it, actually. Forget the textbook because it's a compromise circuit. You have yes. to compromise this corner for the corner that's coming up in three corners time sort of sort of speak. You have to it's think, very challenging. You have to think of this holistically. Um, there's, there's parts of this where you can't think one corner at a time and that's very much like quarter actually. You, you, you're quite right. Um, and the thing nowadays is that simulation without necessarily compromising your lap time. And that is so important uh, with a long distance race. You know, it's all very well putting in a quick lap when there's nobody else on the circuit, but uh, the importance of being quick throughout your uh, one hour stint uh, means that you've got to be quick on every single lap. And it's all every single lap and it's all about average lap times. And the only way to keep your average up, your average up is to do every lap quick on quick, quick, quick on quick, quick, quick after lap, quick, lap, lap. And if you can modify your line through certain corners and end up with the same lap time, then, then obviously that's going to help you a lot. Uh, still, top time is set by Angus Fender's Ginetta. Uh, and he's uh, actually, yes, top two times still the same. 12.773 for the Ginetta, 12.982 for the KCMG Honda Civic, uh, which has now been taken over by Honwa Kenneth Ma. Uh, who's now at the wheel of that car, having uh, just taken it over from Jim Carto. Uh, Gilles Magnus was in the third-place car, the AAC Motorsport Audi, but he's now handed the car over to Stefan Perrin. And we've got a yellow flag, I notice, at turn one. Um, but I say I notice only because that's a message on the screen. John gets his binoculars out to see if he can see. Turn one is in that 5% of the circuit that yeah. you can't see. Um, but uh, we can see the entrance into turn one and then we can see the exit from turn two. Just trying to see where the green flag is after it, Paul, to see where the incident is cleared from. Oh, but, well, it's, uh, it's cleared already, oh, uh, okay. in fact, so the, the circuit is back to fully green. I was fearful that we might be headed for uh, a Code 60. But There's, uh, a, sl but there's uh, a slow moving uh, blue and white Honda Civic, uh, number... One, two, two. Oh, uh, no, Honda, yeah, Honda, Honda Civic 122 is one, blue two, and white. Two. I'll give you that. Right. That might have been, so that might have been the culprit. But but I, that's pure speculation. That was only the car that came through as it cleared. Uh, we were talking all things Lotus earlier on, and Nick Damon has sashayed down to the Lotus garage. Who have you got, Nick? I'm with uh, Stefano Dast. You've already won the award for best looking car. A, a, a marvelous tribute to the 1968 Lotus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really happy to be here. It's always a big pleasure. It's always a big pleasure to this to take part to this. We were able that we were able thanks also to the big support from the technical support from Lotus Motorsport to have two cars on the grid this year, and we have very good drivers. And so I'm really happy. We 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 took uh, the two official liveries from the type uh, 25 and type uh, 49 and uh, and so i'm uh, really really happy and um, i think uh, dubai is, is uh, one of uh, my best fav favorite uh, race uh, during uh, during the year because it is uh, always very nice to do 24 hour race races uh, so long uh, where uh, you have to fight with the time it's interesting, isn't it? We, we would normally think that the Italians would have a love of, of old Ferraris. You obviously have a love of old Lotuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's strange, but uh, I'm working with Lotus uh, from 20 years ago, and I have a very good relationship. I'm a factory driver, so we did uh, also 
the 24 hour in 2011 with the Evora GT4. And uh, could be next year uh, we could do something with the uh, with Evora because uh, I think that uh, Evora would be the best car to do this uh, race because uh, it's, uh, it's bigger and uh, with bigger engine and uh, the Elise uh, it is a very good car, very reliable and uh, we are uh, uh, very good uh, on, on the distance because we have uh, low fuel consumption, low brake consumptions and uh, the, the performance of, of the car are, are quite good. And uh, so I'm uh, really happy about that. But uh, for sure, the Evora would be the best car to do the, this race. I suppose the advantage of the, uh, the Lotus is actually a small car physically. And, it, and there's not much space when there's all 80 cars going around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, in fact, uh, <coughs> the, the big advantage that we have is the, in the weight and, uh, and the chassis that is very stiff. But uh, the weight is very low. So uh, the car... Uh, is uh, really quick also with the low horsepower. If you think that we have uh, 300 horsepower, uh, but uh, we can run uh, in the same time uh, of uh, a Seat uh, Leon, uh, Leon Supercoppa. Uh, so uh, it has uh, more. Uh, it has uh, more and more. I'm uh, I'm uh, really satisfied about this, and I think that it is one of the one of the strong point. Stefano, ciao, and bella macchina. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think, I think uh, the, the 25 was uh, Jim Clark's 1962 winner, I think. Yes. And the 49, obviously. Started in 67, ran through wore, to yeah, pretty, pretty uh, much through the to 71. in 68, didn't it? Yeah, with the, uh, with the gold, oh, I shouldn't say it, sure, but the, uh, the, the, the um, tobacco manufacturer in uh, uh, the year later in 68. Uh, yes, I'm going to check that because I'm not sure when that livery. Yes, I'm going to check that because I'm not sure when that livery was 67. Joe, the last year without. No, 67 was the first year. Where that, but isn't that that's where Grand Prix Legends has it wrong because it doesn't have the um, the sponsor liveries on the car. And that's might have been 1967. No, no, that's 68. All right, okay. 67 was the last year without sponsor liveries. That's when it ran in uh, green and uh, with the yellow gold stripe. Well, I think it was trying to be gold, but it was yellow. St uh, and and 60 68. 67. Um, ah, the thing that Grand Prix Legends has wrong in 67 was it's got the French Grand Prix track as Rouen Les Arts, and in fact, it, it was, was it was at Le Mans and the Bugatti circuit that year, was it not? Yes. Uh, for one year only, and who won that event? Uh, don't know. Jack Brabham. Did he? I'll take your word for it. You should have been listening to the show last night. Uh, uh, sorry, go ahead, Joe. I was in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, making jam. The, the 112 has just been in, again, working through a jobs list. Now, the 112, it's got a driver that we're familiar with. Stefan Tanner is a, the wheel of this car. However... This is a Volkswagen Golf. It's a Volkswagen yeah. Golf. It's in the TCR class, in the TCE uh, race. Uh, it's got a different name above the door, and I'm going to take... It's going to take a while to say It's going to take a while to say this. Autorama Motorsport by, by Wolfpower. So, I've got... Racing. I've got Stefan Tanner with me, who's a familiar... Uh, Name. Is this what used to be, be Stanko and Tanner? It did used to be Stanko and Tanner. However, for Dubai, I'm with Adrian Wolf, who's the team principal, uh, and that's where we get the, the Wolf power from. Adrian, um, you're the Wolf power part of this Autorama team. Tell me, I've got Stefan with us as well. Tell us a little bit about the team structure. You're running a Golf TCR. Um, you, you guys are familiar in the TCR category uh, back in Germany, I believe. Yes, um, so we drive it. So we drive it. Uh, Volkswagen GTSM Autorama. It's a dealership Volkswagen dealership in Switzerland. And dealership Volkswagen dealership in Switzerland. And both uh, our racing, we make all the technical stuff. Goes normally uh, TCR Germany with uh, Seat. Um, and yeah, that's the reason why we are here because we have uh, three years of experience with that cars. And have you got experience in running these cars over the long distance, like a 24-hour race? Yeah, last year, uh, Dubai, 24 hours Dubai, was the first uh, endurance race for me with the Seat. Also in the old teams, Danko and Tanner. So, yeah, that's the second one. So, you like you enjoy staying up all night rather than just a 20-minute race? No, no, I like 24 <laughs> Yeah, I like definitely endurance. It's, uh, it's completely different to a sprint race. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's over after 24 hours and not after 30 minutes. So, it's completely different, but I like it, definitely. Uh, thanks, Adrian. I know you've got to get back to, to do your team-managed job. If I can talk to Stefan now. Stefan, um, you're a familiar name with the Stanko Tanner team. That's your own team. Does this take the pressure off you by giving the, the, the logistics and the operations of a team to the Wolf 
power people. Yes, it is. We have uh, we have the with Volkswagen and we have the. who's taken over the KCMG Honda Civic, Honda Civic FK7, which is a TCR car, therefore the fastest TCR car in the TCE series session so far. That's 1-2-2-12.9, so two-tenths of a second shy. Um, I'm always intrigued as to whether the, SP, the SP3s are, for the main part, faster than the TCEs yes. during the race. Um, Jeanette has been tremendously successful in but that But TCRs class. are much better on fuel uh, consumption, so it can level up, out, actually, come the race, and we find TCR cars T further ahead. Listen, TCR cars can run... A, a well-driven TCR car can run at the pace of a good GT4. Um, yeah, true, In yeah. terms of lap times, what you see, and again, this is the variety that brings the spice of racing from the Hankook 24 hours here at, at Dubai, and indeed throughout the Creventic... FIA National Endurance Series, they make the lap times in very different ways. They are exceptionally quick through the corners because they do create, the TCR cars I'm talking about here, they do create quite a lot of downforce. Yeah. Uh, they are very stable under braking because of that. If it gets wet, granted unlikely here, he says in parenthesis, um, front-wheel drive, mm. very, very uh, predictable in the wet. And they can give a, a GT4 car a run for their money. I, I mean, I, I've, I've had a good couple of battles um, out on the circuit in a GT4 car with with well-driven uh, uh, well-driven TCR cars. Very much indeed. Yeah, and the TCR technology is continuing to get, you know get better and better over the last few years. TCR as a category has taken over the world to an extent. Not many countries now that have motorsport heritage that don't have a TCR championship in some capacity. Uh, but they're also very good endurance racing cars as well. And as you say, those little winglets, maybe on the wheel arch, and certainly uh, talking about front splitters and rear diffusers, the TCR cars don't carry a huge amount of aero, but what it does carry is crucial to the lap time. And talk about TCR cars, I'm down with the uh, 133 Zengo Motorsport Cupra TCR DSG and Thomas Horvath in the all-Hungarian lineup. But uh, Thomas, you just brought the car in with a puncture. What happened? Uh, and the end of the track, it was a big break, and uh, we, we used we, we used the used tires, and uh, the puncture is comes immediately. Is it is it Zengo or Zengu Motorsport? How do you pronounce the team? Zengu. With the umlaut, the ooh. Thank you very much. Now tell us tell us a bit about this all Hungarian team. Fantastic to see you guys over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are uh, four times here. We was uh, last time was uh, seven years before, and now we all together, and I hope we will do it. So you have been here for several years. This will be your first time here in a TCR car. How does a TCR car suit the Dubai circuit? Yeah, last time we used the Seat Labon Supercopa. It's a it's a new new one. It's much more better, much more faster, and uh, much more stable car. So when you're not doing Creventic races, where do you guys race normally? What series do you normally do in Europe? Yeah, we are in uh, you know, own Hungarian series and the middle of Europe series, and sometimes in the Creventic series, and uh, some guys from the team uh, in uh, TCR series. So will we be seeing you at Bruno as well then? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Thank you. That's Thomas from Zengu Motorsport, John. Zengu Motorsport, yes. And uh, there is a Zengu in the Zengu Motorsport as well, team as well. Uh, yes, the little squiggly bit over the top of the O makes that an E. E. Uh, ooh. I think we've got a new ear this weekend, have we? Uh, Johnny Palmer and uh, John Hindorf in the booth overlooking the whole of the circuit pretty much uh, with Nick Damon and Joe Bradley on this first shift for the free practice session for the TCE category runners. Remember, uh, starting off last year, we had, for the first time, uh, two, effectively, Johnny, two separate races. Always a multi-class race here, but the TCEs have their own championship throughout the season. Broadly speaking, um, in fact, I think in 2019, they're all at the, the same events now. The calendar has been uh, uh, somewhat brought back together uh, and simplified. But what that effectively means is that we have two championships, two uh, championship tables, and we will be talking about two different races when we come to Friday and Saturday, remember, 
It is Friday and Saturday of the weekend here in the Middle East. The GT Series, the European Championship, the Middle East Championship, uh, and the champion of the continents for both GT and TCE uh, machines, which uh, gives, gives that variety, but it also means, Johnny, that you are competing for class honours with cars that, broadly speaking, have the same heritage and the same performance parameters as what you're driving. Yeah, and the decision to make it two separate series, effectively, going to the same tracks and occupying the same bit of tarmac at the same time. Good point. But it's two separate races. Uh, it, the idea is to try and really put the spotlight on the TCE series and make sure that they get as much coverage as the GT cars. So for that reason, it's the second year that we'll actually have six camels for the podium because uh, there is a full overall podium for the TCE series and there is a full overall podium for the GT series. And as you say, this is the first event of the year and goes towards the champion of the continents. There are two European races that will be part of that Champion of the Continents initiative as well this year. So not just Portimao, as was the case in 2018, but Barcelona as well. And the fourth race of that championship will be the Cota event in Austin, Texas. So Dubai, Portimao, Barcelona and Cota if you're going for the Champion of the Continents. And the European Championship that runs from March to just into September goes back to Mugello, and great news that we're going back to that fantastic circuit just up the road from Scarparia. You go in. Well, I'm, I'm available for that. Uh, oh, yeah, for the first time in a long time. I've, I've never been. I've never, never been. been, so that would be a brand-new circuit for me. And that's, that looks, to me, where that is in the year, that looks like a road trip. You think? Yeah. OK. That looks like a road trip. Bradley's already put his hand up very quickly. To be in a car for many, many hours with you. Yeah, yeah. Strangely, he seems Crazy to like boy. that. Fair enough. You know. Mugello at the end of March. Spa a couple of weeks later, just into April. Bruno is a return to the calendar as well. I've not been there since 2016. I've not been to Mugello either. You've not been to Bruno either? Uh, either I've either. not been to Bruno either, no. Uh, so back to the Czech Republic for this year. And then Portimao and Barcelona, I've already mentioned, because they form part of the champion of, of the continents, but also the European Championship as well. So it's a five-race season. There will be three 12 hours and two 24s. Mm. And the points That's are. Proper uh, endurance, isn't it? Points are divvied out accordingly to the, uh, the race distances. Yeah, looking forward to that. So, Mugello, 29th and 30th of March. Mm. I think I'm, I'm pretty certain I can do that one. It I've was moved. I think it, when it was initially announced, it was the previous weekend, but it's been moved back now to the end of uh, Don't end of March. Think I can do Bruno. I think I'm something fairly big, big in the uh, UK happening that weekend. I understand. 29th of March. 29th of March. Really? Yeah. What? I think we. Oh, it's Independence Day, isn't it? Well, yes. Indeed. Uh, so yes, good I luck getting back that. in when you return. No, I've 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 read the United Nations uh, Convention from 1949. Uh, 1948 and from 1969, and it's absolutely clear mm. that your EU driving permit will continue to be recognised. OK, but there's going to be a queue at the port, surely. <laughs> not for coming in. <laughs> no, maybe not. <laughs> maybe anyway, not. We're, we're British. We, we'll have the fast lane, won't we? That's how it works. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> what I saw on the, uh, on the agenda. Anyway... Nick Damon's told me I've got to take uh, some vinyl or a can of paint so that I can spray my passport cover blue on the way back in. <laughs> Good idea. In fairness, the uh, British government probably would be quite happy that Joe Bradley and I didn't get back in, in fairness. So, <laughs> it, I, I think it's, this whole thing is, uh, is just a, a, whole, a ploy to stop Bradley and I getting back in after Mugello. <laughs> it's, it's been going on a long, long time. But yeah, maybe they buried yeah. the lead, though. They say that was the nobody's getting to the bottom of that real story. Um, Joe Bradley is uh, in the pit lane. I, I can't really see a problem there if we're not allowed back in the land of cheap supermarkets, cheap wine, cheap cheese, and uh, cured meats. And the problem is, you'll be stuck in France, in other words. Yes, no problem. It's, that is a fair point, well made and beautifully presented by uh, by our culinary correspondent there, Carrefour Arros. Other supermarkets are available. Uh, you're listening to RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels, live from trackside, uh, live from above the track, really. It's not as though we're hovering here 
powered by drone, but although perhaps one might say we are droning uh, again this weekend. The cars are singing away on the circuit as we look down to see, coming into the pit lane here, the very attractive white and chrome green and black Porsche number 312 coming into the pit lane. One of the Caymans here. Now, the Caymans that are here are not the new club sports that we had last weekend at the uh, Raw before the 24, not the 718s. These are the 981 shape, the last of the uh, 981s. But interestingly, of course, the new 718 Club Sport GT4 MRs will still be using the six-cylinder engine, which the 718 doesn't have as a straight car yet. But I'm uh, reliably informed by our contacts at Porsche that a six-cylinder 718 Boxster and uh, Cayman, well, certainly a Cayman Club Sport, uh, will be becoming available as a road car and expect that to debut at a major international automotive show uh, shortly. Very excited about that, that we got to saw, see those cars uh, in the metal and in the flax because the door panels and part of the rear wing are made from organic material. Really? From, from flax, yeah, woven flax. Very snazzy. Yeah. Way next to nothing as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you can make, uh, if you grind them down, you can make really nice flax seed crackers out of them to put your patty on, which is lovely. <laughs> Fantastic. So the responsible adult tells me. Yeah, good to have a Cayman here. I think it's just the one, actually. Uh, but as you say, slightly older shape version, and it doesn't have the MR at the end. It has uh, GT4 CS for... Club Sport. Yeah, for Amag First Century Porsche Ticini. Ticino, I think it is. That's what, another one of the team names that just extends beyond the column of my entry <laughs> list. Uh, there's a few of those. It's on its way back out again after uh, just a quick word with the pit crew from the driver. I don't even think they changed the driver or the hand-kick tyres, to be honest. Also in the pit lane, another stunning livery in a pit lane that's full of them. The number 100, being in the hundreds, uh, says it's a TCR car. And this is the... Uh, dark red, white and black with a black roof of the uh, Gusta-sponsored machine. This is a, an Audi RS3 TCR. And again, with that very shiny paintwork in a... Well, Nick, Nick Damon would look at that and say Maserati or Alpha. It's a very dark red. It's not a, a bright uh, scarlet. But with the black accents on it, that is a very good-looking car indeed. That's just getting a bit of attention to its brakes on the uh, front end. And that has come to an end. They've talked up the uh, studs because all of those cars do have studs and not a centre-lock wheels, all of the TCR. And it rolls out no muss, no fuss. Back onto the fast lane. Who else is in the pit lane at the moment? One, two, five, I can see. That's the white and blue Cupra. Cupra Turbo. And uh, Nick Damon has a pit lane observation for us. Now, I, as you know, we are, Joe and myself and Bruce, are obviously the, the greatest pit lane workers ever. And often, in many ways, psychic, in that we kind of know what's happening before it happens uh, in a Creventic race. And one of the reasons we have been able to do this is that on the back of all the mechanics is the car number. Yes. So you know when they're coming out to the pits. Well, unfortunately, this year, that's gone. <gasps> There's no, we, have, we still have the green jacketed driver assistance man. That came from in last year, year, yes. But the number, the car number, is no right. longer on the, the high-vis vest. So we're just going to have to kind of guess, which is bad news for our cameraman, because I point him down the pits. Oh, look, they're coming out now. And if I get it a garage wrong, which is likely with 78 cars, I think at some point they'll be very disappointed um, camera people. We still do have, though, the pictures of the cars above the garages that they're in, which I think is a great, uh, a great addition that has been on there for a very, very uh, long time. Joe Bradley? I think it's a one-off, Nick. It's got Dubai 2019 on the back of the vests. So I think when we get to Magello for round two, I think once we have a word... <laughs> <laughs> Once we have a word, the numbers of the cars 
for particular cars and teams that they're working for. Now, remember uh, that some of the teams have confused us in this. Uh, I'll use Baz Kooten Racing as, a, as, a, as an example, because Baz Kooten can sometimes run up to four and five cars, and it doesn't necessarily mean that the mechanic from car 24 will be uh, that's used true. for the pit stop. 175 and 125 yeah, seem yeah, to be infinitely so, in interchangeable in, far, so in terms of staff. 175 is doing, John. I'll say in your ear, hind off, and you'll come down right. 175. Oh, sorry, no, it's 155. Just it's surrounded by crew from 175. Paul yeah. Truswell has rejoined us. Yes, sorry, I um, just had to uh, go out and enjoy some sunshine because we spend so much uh, time stuck in this air-conditioned box, which is very pleasant, but occasionally you forget you're in uh, uh, in uh, a very pleasant part of the world. Um, yeah, just picking up on the point, um, partly it's being hoisted by their own regulation and partly people like Baz Kooten cause the problem because the regulations uh, allow four team members to work on the car at a time but only four team members to work on the car at the time um, and when they had the numbers on the backs of, of each um, uh, of the high-vis vests um, the, the gilet jaune um, it was possible obviously <laughs> to, uh, to, to decide uh, which driver which um, teams mechanics work on each car but Baz Kooten typically uh, just used whoever he had available at the time uh, to send out uh, and I think there's one team here is it M MSG uh, no it's MRS isn't it MRS GT Racing got four cars here um, but uh, so the regulations demand only four go out but the um, problem for the pit lane marshals who were counting them uh, was that they were no longer able to ensure because 175 and 155 were both working on the car at the same time that looked like an offense but of course it wasn't because there were only four uh, people in total um, but the pit lane marshals were getting confused because they were looking at the uh, the numbers on the backs and saying well there's somebody extra extra out working on the car that's a good point. So for. by having it with no identifiable number on the car, you're just then counting you yellow tell vests. the marshal, just count the yellow vests, and if there's more than four, then there's a problem. Well, I was talking to our pit lane official this morning of a familiar face, a name not so familiar. I've known him for years. He's been around the uh, British uh, pit lanes, uh, British touring cars in particular, oh, my God, 12 years ago. Um, but he's over here. They, they bring British marshals and officials across to facilitate their, their race here in Dubai. Uh, I've forgotten his name, but I will find out and I'll have a chat to him later. But I was chatting to him this morning about that very thing. And this practice session or this morning's uh, official practice sessions, they're basically using as an education programme and they're not pinging any teams for any kind of minor infringements like too many people around the cars. And uh, it was made easy for a, t a particular uh, in this particular instance, as there was four guys with the fluorescent uh, bibs on and one guy just dressed in uh, fireproof Normex. So he shouldn't have been around the car and he was waved off by, well, by, uh, from advice from the official. And I, I mentioned, are you just educating people this morning? He says, yes, unless they're really bad and they've got like nine people around the car <laughs> and then we'll ping them. So this morning, uh, all being, you know, all being very nice and friendly and this is what you should be doing. This afternoon, when it starts getting serious, qualifying and certainly in the race, they'll be on them like, uh, like hot cats. Hot cats? <laughs> down at the, uh, the other pit, very, uh, just walking in after a, a hot session, it's uh, our good old friends, Evo Broikers. Evo, in your orange Nazi-at. Yes, no, we are enjoying ourselves. Uh, the car is very good. I, uh, we are not the fastest Rick, of course, but uh, I think we did it third time. And we're not really pushing, but the car feels really good, and it's, it's a pleasure to be out there. So how different is this brand-new Cooper from the 72-year-old uh, Seat you were running? Well, um, you, you mean the, the, the diesel one or the former one? No, the petrol one. How, how different is this car from last year's car, which is an old one? Uh, well, everything feels just a little bit better. Just a little bit better. Um, uh, maybe it's psychological. I don't know. It, if a new car always feels better, so it has to be. It's supposed to be so. so um, no, it's, it's nice. It's good. Very good. And are you still using the active ride? No, uh, Rick to drive. Are you still using the active suspension? Uh, yes, we are. We are. And uh, to be honest, we uh, have this setting in the middle. Uh, we didn't do much because the, the balance is very good. We might go uh, down a little bit in the front. We have some space left and we can adjust it a little bit, I think. Are you pleased to be back behind the wheel? Because you missed racing at Cota, didn't you? You were hanging around like a spare part. Oh, I was missing it so much. So we will return this year for, for, for sure. Uh, we're also going to do the Middle East Championship as well. Uh, it's so so much fun to be out there with the guys, with the team. and uh, nah, we, have a really, uh, we have a great time. Evo, thanks very much, mate. Cheers. 
coming down in the chequered flag here, Paul, on this session for TCE. Uh, five seconds to go, according to my uh, clock here, and uh, then the chequered flag will be out. Uh, Stefan Perrin uh, ended up quickest. Chequered flag is now out. Uh, Stefan Perrin ended up quickest. Uh, two minutes, 11.620, uh, he got the time down to, having taken over the car from Gilles Magnus earlier on. That's the 188 AC Motorsport Audi RS3 uh, fastest in the free practice session so it doesn't count for anything at all apart from uh, the bragging rights uh, the second fastest car was the fastest sp3 car which was the cws janetta g55 which stephen wells ended up setting the fastest time behind the wheel of that's car number 378 uh, he was second fastest but fastest in the sp3 class third fastest was car number 122 the kcmg honda civic uh, henry lee jr finishing up the quickest in that car uh, with a time of 2 minutes 12.982 uh, and Evo Broikers, just talking to him uh, he just brought the car in car number 101, the Red Camel uh, Jordans.nl Cupra uh, and that car, brand new car, as Nick was saying, for this year, uh, ending up fourth fastest, third in the TCR class uh, with a time of 2 minutes 13.856. Uh, and that was a time set by Evo, Evo towards the end of the session. Johnny, your thoughts on that uh, first session, please. Uh Hassle-free for most, it would seem. Um, I had 21 cars on my entry. We only saw 20, and that makes the 151 car, the Sorg Rensport, entered Audi an absentee. It might be that that car hasn't, in fact, made the trip from the initial entry list. But otherwise, all 20 have been out and uh, all safely back in again. Uh, unfortunately, classes like A3 and Cup 1 are a little slim on the ground this year but they'll they have got people to race for instance the cup one car you know there are two in that category and i think they'll find others along the way too uh, sorry just to interrupt uh, johnny mm, no, no. zorg Rensport are definitely here um and unless they're running a car in gt4 um they're, they're running the 451 bmw m4 right. gt4 that's okay. listed as zorg Rensport. right okay so as, as, I, as i said as i say i've definitely seen zorg Rensport here but it may well be that the, the other car uh, that the tce car isn't here yeah which is 151 and actually, on the later entry list, that number has been scratched. Correct. So, yeah, it was in the programme, but it wasn't in the later entry list, so that's probably my error. Otherwise, uh, we have 12 TCR cars, so uh, that is mouth-watering, I would say. And as I say, the, the SP3s will naturally find other cars to race with. We've got three SP3s in the entry, um, but there's not an awful lot between SP3 and GT4 uh, but of course, they're in separate championships. However, it doesn't, uh, doesn't affect them actually, you know, getting stuck, stuck in in terms of a battle uh, between the GTs and the TCEs. That's the beauty of having them all occupying the same bit of track at the same time. Yeah. So um, it will be very interesting. It just needs a few more cars, I would say. But uh, it's made up by the fact that we're going to see a great stack of GT series cars in less than 10 minutes' time. Slightly surprised that we haven't got more TCEs, if, uh, if I'm honest. Some of the smaller engine cars were um, taken out of the classifications for this a couple of seasons ago now for this event because of the, the high closing speeds. Um, so we lost some of the A2 cars that uh, made up the touring car classes uh, however as johnny rightly says the gt field uh, more than adequate i would say and that is what is coming up next and it'll all be live here in beautiful sound uh, high definition 3d sound we have for you uh, this weekend 3d sound oh yes yeah. Well, What's not for you, obviously. <laughs> I, I listen in one D. Yeah. <laughs> in one direction. And, and uh, it's all coming up for you live on RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. And Johnny, the GT field, right the way through the GT field, absolutely mouthwatering. Yeah, it is. To have 20-plus GT3 machines spread across Pro and Am, the first ever Nissan GTRs in the A6 Pro category from KCMG. We've got Ferraris, Mercedes, 
new Audis as well, the 2019 spec of Audi, and some Lamborghini sprinkled in as well. Set to be a, a fantastic race there. And GT4 uh, bringing out superb numbers too. Yeah, we'll talk more about that when the GT cars come out on track. And that starts next here on RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. The Hancock, 24 hours of Dubai on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our live coverage of the Dubai 24 Hours, the Hancock Dubai 24 Hours, the 14th year that this race has been running. And for eight of those, you've been able to hear our live coverage around the world. We'll sync up in sound and vision later on this Thursday afternoon here in Dubai and then take you all the way through with sound and sound and vision uh, through to the end of the race on Saturday afternoon. Do remember, it is a Friday-Saturday race here when you're planning your viewing or listening pleasure later on. It's John Hindorf and uh, alongside me here in the studio, we have Paul Truswell and Johnny Palmer. It was Nick Damon and Joe Bradley down in the pit lane for our GT uh, for, excuse me, for our TCE session, which has just come to an end. But it's now Nick and Bruce. So let's rejoin uh, Nick Damon as the, the GT cars are beginning to find their way out into the light and the sunshine. Nick? It's, um, it's amazing, isn't it? Because we, we're having quite a, a quiet start with the 20-odd TCE um, touring cars. We've now got millions and millions of pounds and...